You're listening to Behind the Note Podcast, brought to you by a musician for musicians. Here, you will get advice toward a successful music career. This show is made to educate, inspire, motivate, and empower. Now, here is your host, Chris Davis. Hello, welcome back. Thank you for pressing play. This is episode number 65, and we have another great episode for you once again. Now, if this is your first time, welcome still. This is where we talk about advice for a successful music career. And we do that through the stories and experiences of people who have found success. And that means something different for everybody. And that's the beauty of this show, because we get different perspectives. And today is not a glamorous episode, but it is necessary. We're not talking about touring. We're not talking about practice routines we're not talking about building your fan base all of that is here and it's going to be more of it but like i said today is necessary we're talking about taxes and one thing i like about podcast is that as i release this it's tax season and after mid-april is coming gone you can come back to this episode and listen as a reference and get help for your year So that when tax season comes back around, you'll be in a better place, hopefully, than you were uh, last year. The whole point is just to continue to grow as people. We want to get better with age. So with that said, I'm going to introduce our guest. But first, I want to let you know that our guest is very kind. And he said to me, if there are any more questions, because I know we didn't cover everything in this episode. So if there are any more questions, I'll be happy to come back and answer those questions. So with that being said, you can go to BehindTheNote.com and in the margin, click the tab that says voicemail and you can leave your message and I'll actually play your voice on the show. I would love to hear from you. And yeah, so with that being said, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is a professional experienced accountant of the last 30 years He has worked and served in independent and corporate taxes, and today he is going to give us advice, musicians, advice on how we can be better prepared for this tax season and tax seasons of the future. Listen to the talk. I'm happy to present to you right now Mr. Clyde Smith. Hi, Clyde. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We're glad to have you today. All right, Chris. I'm uh, glad to be a part of... uh the podcast how are things going for you today oh uh, very well we want to have you um uh, we're happy to have you on here to give us some tax advice for musicians we have not had anybody on the show yet to help us in that area so we're happy to have you first i want to ask you this how did you come to be a tax professional that you are and and how did you come to be in the specific area of expertise that you're in well, I've been in uh, accounting since 1988, and uh, by, by being in this field for so long, I thought it would be a good idea for, you know, part of my training was in doing uh, individual taxes and corporate taxes, and so I figured that I would uh, uh, start my own practice uh, in doing uh, people's books and handling people's taxes about five years ago. So I have my own LLC. And so of course, in the process of having my own LLC and doing uh, individual taxes, and I've been able to uh, gather information of how to be able to process people's taxes. I wouldn't consider myself uh, 
a great expert in it, but I do know enough to be pretty dangerous, Chris. All right. That's what we need. Most most musicians are self-employed. And so I wanted to ask you, what do self-employed musicians need to know? Like, what are some best practices? What should we be doing throughout the year as we're working to better prepare us for the tax season? The first step in in being an independent contractor uh, who has to have his uh, tax information together is to, first of all, determine whether you are uh, in uh, in it, in this particular business to make a profit or not. Um, some The IRS views uh, many musicians as either in the business to make a profit or it's just a hobby for them. So uh, the primary way that the IRS determines whether someone is in the business to to make a profit is that they have made income in three of the last five years. So in, in the process of keeping track of your income and your expenses, uh, rather your, uh, your revenues and your expenses, uh, you have to have made a profit. You can, uh, it could be, uh, if you're ever audited, it could be uh, some uh, serious consequences if you have not made a profit. Now, if you have not made a profit, then the IRS will consider what you're doing your enterprise is just a hobby. And what that means when uh, the difference between the two of uh, being a hobby or not is that when you are a hobby, you can only deduct expenses up to your income. So if you made uh, $1,000 and you had $1,000 in expenses, or rather just say $2,000 in expenses, the IRS will only allow you to deduct $1,000 of your expenses against your income. But if it's a business, then you can deduct all of that, uh, the full $2,000, and you can have a $1,000 quote-unquote credit that you can carry over to your regular, your non-Schedule C uh, tax return. Does that make uh, sense? Do you have a question about that? Yeah, we have some questions. Uh, The first question is this. Uh, As far as profit goes, technically, if I earn one dollar, I made a profit. Now, is that what the government is talking about or is the number a little bit higher before they are really concerned? If you make over four hundred dollars profit and that means uh, so you have you have your 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 revenues. Which is so so you do a gig and and, uh, the gig earns you five hundred dollars. That's your revenue. You would deduct your expenses, say it's two hundred dollars. Then your income is three hundred. So income is revenues minus expenses. It's not just necessarily your your revenues, your five hundred dollar gig. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It makes sense. Yeah. So anything over four hundred dollars, you have to declare as uh, revenues, and then you, or rather, any any income. I'm sorry, any income over four hundred dollars, you have to declare that on your tax return. Okay, now I don't want to make this uh, more technical than it needs to be this episode, but you mentioned a non-Schedule C, and I don't know what that is. What what is a non-Schedule C? So the way a tax return is set up, uh, typically a a musician would have to file a 1040 versus a 1040A, which is the short version of the 1040, and or either a 1040EZ, which is an even shorter version of the 1040. So most musicians would have to file a 1040 and a 1040 has a different, a multitude of schedules attached to them, which is different from the 1040A and different from the 1040EZ. So on uh, the uh, one of the schedules that a musician would file for, with the 1040, 
is a Schedule C, which is business income. You actually answered one of my questions. I was going to ask which tax forms should we be using? And you kind of just yeah. answered that 1040 is the form we want. Um, yeah. yeah, go ahead. And uh, I, w- I would recommend if a person is wants to try to, if a musician wants to try to do the taxes themselves and save some money, then I would recommend H&R Block's software. You know, because typically if a person would go, if a musician would go to somebody like myself or to an H&R Block going to their, to their facilities, they could they could pretty much spend about four or five hundred dollars to have everything done. But if, uh, if a person is brave enough to try to do it themselves, I would recommend the H&R Block uh, business software, which would run you probably about a hundred dollars for the software. Oh, thank you for that recommendation. And uh, my wife and I learned that the hard way. <laughs> and uh, we paid about what you say about four. I forgot now. It's been some years, but. Four hundred, five hundred dollars, and uh, ever since we just hired a professional, it's been a lot easier for us. But um, so now I normally have to fill out a W nine. I think that's the right form because we do a lot of different types of jobs. Um, but at the end of the year, that turns into a ten forty. Is that correct? Is that how that works? Uh, no, it turns into a ten ninety nine. Can you kind of explain to us like which what which forms? we should be concerned with throughout the year and if it even matters uh, according to the job that we're doing? One of the main things I recommend for you, Chris, and and any musician is to keep track of all of the income that comes into your hand, whether it be cash, whether it be uh, income from a a W-2, which is an employer, or income that comes comes your way from a 1099. You know, because all of that income needs to be declared. Uh, now, we uh, any person that that represents the Lord Jesus Christ have a, has a different responsibility than a non-Christian that we are to render unto Caesar the things that will be Caesar, which is the taxes. And so, uh, uh, you need to keep track of all of the income that comes your way. Now, when you fill out a W nine, that is given to a whoever you're doing the gig for, and they are in turn supposed to give you either a either a W two. Or a uh, well, if you fill out a W nine, you should be getting a uh, a ten ninety nine from that um, quote unquote employer. Yes. And then yeah, and then on the expense side, uh, yeah, just keep track of of everything that is related to the gig that you're doing. And one thing I highly recommend that musicians do is to have a separate bank account that your income, uh, or rather that your revenues will fall into. And that your expenses will come out of so that whenever you audit it, you can have a, a, a better tracking mechanism that you can present to the IRS that it is not mingled with your personal uh, revenues and expenses. Thank you. Really good tip. So now I want to ask you this question. What, what are some tax deductible expenses that a musician should take advantage of? Yeah, well, one of the. Uh, main things that uh tax professionals or rather that our musicians need to look into is uh need to be mindful of deducting continuing education you know whatever whatever form that that would consist of whether you get in coaching le- coaching lessons you know whatever stage of development the musician is just keep track of the expenses that are paid for that because that is deductible making cds uh you know anything that's that's tied to the recording of that that should be kept track of uh, equipment that you may have, uh, most most of musicians' equipment can depreciate it between five to seven years, 
or you can take a 179 deduction, which will allow you to depreciate. Say you got a set of drums and it costs $8,000. You can depreciate it in one year for the full $8,000, or you can spread that $8,000 over five years. And uh, a musician may want to spread the $8,000 deduction over five years just so that you can have some expenses to offset against revenues. I see. And what would the advantage be of putting the the full 8000 into one year? Yeah, the general idea for musicians and non-musicians alike is to reduce your taxable income. So say you may have a, a year where you had uh, $10,000 in revenues. You can use that full $8,000 to reduce your revenue so that you would pay less income on it. Now, the way uh, depreciation works is not a uh, quote-unquote out-of-pocket expense in that year. I mean, you can say you, uh, you, you have an $8,000 drum set and you, you're financing it. So just because you're financing it over, you, you know, you put it on your credit card, you eventually pay it off. You know, the credit card company will give you however, however long to pay it off. Depreciation expense is not necessarily something that you that is an out-of-pocket expense. It's just the fact that you own a drum set or a trumpet or whatever it may be. And the advantage of, uh, once again, of, of, of getting the deduction for one year depends upon how much income you have to kind of offset it so that you can reduce your taxable income. What is the difference with adjusted gross income? And well, what is adjusted gross income? It sounds like uh, that might have something to do with, with what you're describing. And then how can that be to our advantage or disadvantage? Well, the adjusted gross income is um, your revenues minus um, any other kind of deductions that the government allows, whether it's, uh, let me see, for you guys, for musicians. What, the big picture, the adjusted gross income is something that's tied to the 1040. You can have your musician's income, and then you may have a student loan that you're paying interest on. You can deduct that student loan interest from your uh, overall income to bring it down to the adjusted gross income. Oh, I there see. are many other, yeah, there are many other kinds of deductions that are that are tied to the 1040, not necessarily tied to the Schedule C. It's not really tied to what a musician does. That's where the adjusted gross income comes into play. Many musicians tour and travel, and that means that they are getting paid sometimes from multiple states or maybe even overseas. So I wanted to ask how we should handle getting paid from multiple states. How should we handle that, and how do we deal with that at tax time? Yeah, well, you have to keep, once again, this is where record keeping comes in handy is because many states uh, like Illinois, like you, you earn, you live in Illinois, but you earn money in Mississippi. Many states have reciprocal rules, meaning that you won't have to pay taxes on money you earned in Mississippi in Illinois as well. So you, you'll get a credit for taxes that you pay to Mississippi because it's the, the revenue you're going to pay taxes where the where the revenue was incurred. So does that mean uh, somebody in that position would have to file in all of those states separately? Correct. Yep. So, I mean, those are those are some some of the considerations that you have to keep in mind. Once again, this is where record keeping comes in play. Uh, I've been audited by the government and it makes it, it, it's a big deal if you're organized. It creates problems for you and also for the government when you're disorganized. One more thing, Chris, before we move off of uh, of expenses, it's one of the major, most overlooked expenses that a musician uh, should take into account is having a, a home office. You can deduct uh, 
you know, your, your mortgage or your rent, your utilities, insurance, anything that's tied to that, uh, tied to your home or apartment, you can deduct that from your taxable income. You can reduce your taxable income. But the key thing to keep in mind with having a home office is that it can only be for the home office. It can't be shared by anyone else. But uh, I'm thinking that many musicians do have a home office that they could use to reduce their taxable income and pay less taxes. So in other words, we can't have dinner in the same room that we uh, that is correct. practice in. <laughs> okay. Um, very well. So what's the use in having a tax identification number? How important is that versus using your social security number? A tax identification number is further proof, you know, going back to my initial uh, suggestion of uh, showing the government that you that, that your activities is for profit. That the, one of the main indicators that what you're doing is for profit is if you have a tax identification number. Okay, so then we're just, again, just being clear and we're being organized and we're setting uh, certain boundaries. And so then that's just making it easy for ourselves down the road. So that's what that's all about. Absolutely. And I do understand musicians are very artistic. Yes. And they don't, they, they really don't <laughs> deal with the details of things. Yes. That's why it, it may be beneficial to have, you know, to have somebody, uh, not necessarily on your payroll, but, you know, have somebody that you can give your receipts to, that you can, that, that can help you to coordinate travel, uh, just to just to share information with so that another person can help musicians to be better detailed and uh, uh, organized in terms of the information that is needed to complete the 1040s, the Schedule C's and and to uh, address any audits if that would ever arise. Well, thank you for all of your your help today. If someone wanted to reach out to you for your services, is there a way that they can contact you that you're willing to share? Sure, they can email me at C underscore Smith Jr. at sbcglobal.net, Sam Broccoli Cauliflower Global.net, or they can call me at 708-602-4018. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. We're glad to have you today. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Take it easy, Clyde. And that's our talk with Clyde Smith. And I want to let you know, the listener, that Clyde did tell me that he's willing to answer your question and I know that I didn't cover everything here I forget all the time some important questions to ask and so yeah I'm depending on you to go to behindandnote.com in the margin you can click on the voicemail tab and ask your question and we'll continue this conversation that's all for today and in the next episode we're going to talk to Mr. Austin Ellis who competed on NBC's The Voice. We'll talk to you next episode. God bless you.